0: Holy and holy are you, Lord. You are the Lord God Almighty. We thank you, Lord, this morning for your presence. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness and your blessing in our life. Father, this morning, as we learn from your word, that we listen to your word. Father, I pray that you touch everyone's spirit, Lord. Holy Spirit, you touch our heart. You speak to our heart. As we listen to your word, you comfort our heart. Help us to trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please visit the So today we continue with First Samuel chapter 26. When we learn from First Samuel, that is not for all people or adults, but for young people. When David was anointed as a king, he was only 15, 17, or 18 years old, very young. And he shepherded his father's sheep, only two to three sheep. And he learned to know God personally in the shepherd's field. And he trusted God for his deliverance when he fought with lion or wild animal, other wild animal to protect his sheep. And if you are young today, you must learn to know God personally. Don't ever go to church and read the Bible because of your parents. You have to learn to know God personally. David's experience with God in his youth became his foundation of faith when he was living in the wilderness. And therefore, he could endure God's training and character building as God prepared him and trained him to be the next king of Israel. So 1 Samuel chapter 24, David spared uh, Saul's life in the cave of En-Gedi. 1 Samuel chapter 25, last week Ruth preached about uh, uh, David's experience in dealing with Nabal and Abigail. And... This week we learned from First Samuel chapter twenty-six. It's very similar to chapter twenty-four, and I want to highlight uh, the verses, the different as we going uh, with the verses. So Saul has chased David again. Why? Because God hasn't finished uh, his work in David's life. Now. Let us uh, read, please uh, read your Bible together with me so we can understand because I try to explain first by first. The Siphites, first one uh, to four. The Siphites went to Saul at Gibeah and said, is not David heading on the hill of Hakila, which faces Jessamon? The Siphites, they call it Siphites because the people who live in this area of Sip. These are a descendant of Judah, the same tribe as David. And they betrayed David twice. We learn from 1 Samuel chapter 23, they report to Saul where David was hiding. And now they report to Saul again where David was hiding. They are betrayer. So f- first, first to Saul. So Saul, Saul went on to the desert of Sid with his 3,000 selected Israel troops to search there for David. 3,000 selected chosen army. 3,000. Not 3, not 30, not 300, but 3,000. Can we imagine how many people is that? So, number three. First, number three. Saul met his camp beside the road of the hill of Hakilah, facing Jesimon. But David stayed in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul had followed him there, he sent out scouts and learned that Saul had definitely arrived. David sent spies to make sure that Saul has Arrive. So now we continue. Uh, uh, before I continue, can we think about that? At this time, David has been on the run for his life from Saul for 10 years. Not 10 days, not 10 weeks, not 10 months, 10 years. And he must be very wary. He lives in the wilderness with fear, and sometimes they don't have food to eat. Yeah. And they must be very painful, David must be very painful, very tired, discouraged, disappointed, because Saul wants to kill him without reason. So, first, faith, first 5 to 8, first 5. David then asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, who will go down into the camp with me to Saul? I'll go with you, said Abishai. Abishai is David's nephew, David's sister's son. So when the Bible is very detailed, when the Bible writes about Abishai, Joab's brother, because in the later chapter we want to learn, We will learn about uh, Joab and uh, uh, Abishai uh, with the story of David. So that's why our Bible is very detailed. So, verse 7. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldier were lying around him. Now let's imagine 3,000 people. How big is the area? They sleep around Saul and Abner, Abner and Saul in the middle. So David has to walk, I don't know, maybe one kilometer or three kilometer among the army at night and dark. And David can recognize Saul because he recognized Saul's spear. Saul threw the spear many times to him. That's why he recognized the spear, and the spear stuck on the ground near Saul's head. Walk among the people, 3,000 people. No one was awake. So, IBCI said to David, Today, God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Now let me pin him to the ground, and with one thrust of the spear, I won't strike him twice. Only one, David, let me do it for you. That's it. You can end your suffering in the wilderness. It's very promising. David faced another Temptation because uh, Abishai's proposal was very appealing he was tired he was so angry and God has delivered soul into his hand just one pin that's it you end your suffering and you become the next king now verse 9 to 12 but David said to Abishai don't destroy him who can lay hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. David knows the consequence. If he did something, he will feel guilty for the rest of his life. And David continued, As surely as the Lord lives, he said, The Lord himself will strike him, or he, his time will come and he will die, or he will go into, be, into battle and perish. David said to Abishai, this is God's business to remove Saul. It's not mine. God can kill him. He will die naturally, or he will die in a battle. That's God's business. And verse uh, 11, David continued, But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. David, no. God's law and God's uh, uh, word. So David took the spear and water jug near Saul's head, and and they left. Uh, sorry, I okay. I first eleven. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head, and let's go. But David did not trust trust Abishai to go near to Saul's head. That's why he get the spear and the water jug himself from Saul. And it continued. Now, one saw, no one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. When we read the first, 11, and verse 12. It's a bit controversial. God intervenes into uh, this story because God put all 3,000 army, even Saul and Abner, into deep sleep. This is God's intervention. Ibiza is right. God has delivered Saul into your hand. But why David say, I won't touch or lay hand on him, on God's anointed. Why? Because he knew God's law. This is a lesson for us. Sometimes we think this is God's divine appointment. I can do it. But sometimes God tests our faith. Whether we know God's law, whether we follow God's word or not. And David said, God forbid me to lay a hand on God's anointed king. David passed the test. So in the Bible, there are many verses about deep sleep. Adam, God put Adam into deep sleep when he took Adam's sleep and created uh, Eve. God put Abraham into deep sleep in, in the Genesis when God spoke about his promise to Abraham. And also, he did the job. And there are many verses about deep sleep. Now, verse 13 to 20, I, I won't read all the verses. You can read at home. i try to explain a little bit. First 13, then David crossed over to the other side, and stood on the top of hill uh, some distance away. There were a wide space between them. Then Saul called to Abner, the son of, uh, you Abner, you and your army must die. Because Saul once called uh, David a son of death and David purposely Talk loudly to Abner so that Saul can hear, Saul, you trust someone, and they did not cut you right. They are not faithful to you, but you want to kill me. I am faithful to you. they deserve to die, not me. This is the message uh, from uh, from David to Saul, and then verse eighteen David say. Let God be the judge between you and me. And uh, now first twenty one to twenty five. Then Saul said I have sinned. Oh there is another difference. When Saul said David, my son, David said the Lord my king. In 1 Samuel chapter 24 when David said, uh, Hi David, my son. He replied with, My father. But this time, the Lord, my king. Why? Because Saul was no longer David's father-in-law. David. Saul has gave David's wife Michal to marry another man. Saul start with Jealousy, and he did many wrong things to hurt people, to kill people. Even he made his own daughter commit adultery, while his daughter were, uh, was uh, still married to uh, uh, David. He gave his own daughter to marry another man to hurt David. That's why David refer him as king no more. Father, Verse 20, 21 to 25 Then Saul said I have sinned Come back David my son Because you considered my life precious today I will not try to harm you again Surely I have acted like a fool And have been terribly wrong I have sinned I acted Like a fool Sin and foolishness Go hand in hand. If you are sin, you would do foolish thing. And verse 22. David said, Here is the king's spear. David answer let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord then David say The Lord reward everyone for the righteousness and faithfulness. I give uh, this sermon, the heading, God reward righteousness and faithfulness. I will come back at at this. And the Lord delivered you into my hand today, David said to Saul. But I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I fail you, your life, so may the Lord fail you, my life and deliver me from all trouble." This is very important verses. David has learned not to seek revenge anymore. He said, "'I value your life, King King Saul, "'but I don't need you to repay me anything, "'because I trust my God to deliver me, "'to value my life and deliver me from all my troubles god say in roman chapter 12 verse 19 revenge is mine what mean revenge revenge mean i will pay you back for what you have done to me to get even that is revenge i will pay back to you what you have done against me that is revenge and david has learned about revenge, and he said, revenge is God's business. It's not his business anymore. God will repay me for my good deeds, and God will deliver me for all my troubles. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely try. you will be successful. So David went on his way, David did not follow Saul or came back to Saul because Saul cannot be trusted. And Saul returned, uh, uh, David went on his way and Saul returned home. This is the last time Saul and David see one another. This is the last time. So from this chapter we learn three things. First one, we learn about temptation. And Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it says, keep watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. When we talk about temptation, anyone has the same chance to be tempted. Not uh, pastor, maybe uh, Satan won't, go to, close to pastor, no. Everyone have the same chance to be tempted. So, temptation, we learn from David. Temptation start with secrecy. Abishai and David went to Saul camp at night. It was dark, no one see, no one knows. It's dark. This is the start point for temptation. They were all asleep. And Abishai said to David, only one pin, I do it for you. And you can escape the consequence of sin. Temptation always make us make us think I can this time I can escape the consequence of my action. So, secrecy is the great encouragement to sin. We easily sin against God and against other people when we believe no one see it, no one see my action, or no one listen to my words. So we are tempted to lie. Proverbs chapter nine, verse seventeen: "Stolen water is sweet." And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Everything in secrecy is very pleasant and very sweet. For example, greed, pride, lust and so on. We all feel tempted in those, uh, we are tempted in those things. It's not, not even with one time, they will not be satisfied. Last, pride or greed. Last, when we sit in one room, nobody see us. We just click to see that we shouldn't see it. So we tempted to do it again and again. So if you are young and you are dating someone, please don't put yourself into temptation. even though' no one see, no one know but you will suffer from the guilty feeling for the rest of your life. Yes. This is the consequence of sin. James chapter 1 verse 13 to 15. When tempted no one should say, God is tempting me. for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and entice. Your own desire will tempt, uh, tempt you. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. That is temptation. Temptation is a situation designed by Satan to draw you away from God. So David can conquer temptation because, one, he trusts God. David said, David believed God's promise will be fulfilled in his time, not Abishai's time, but in God's time. And that's why he trusts God for God's timing. Psalm 116, verse ten, David said, I believe in you. That means Lord, I believe in you, Lord. So I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety I cry out to you. David trust God fully. And David trusts God for the for the justice, uh, the injustice he experienced through Saul. What we learn from this, when we serve the Lord, even nobody see us, the Lord is watching us. We cannot escape God's surveillance. That's why when we serve people or serve in the church or we do anything in the ministry, don't look for praise approval because God know if we in in front of people we can do anything good but behind the people we must believe that God see us yeah. what we are doing so David learned to count the consequence of his action before you do something foolish learn to count the consequence learn to listen to advice like David, listen to Abigail's advice. You won't be a king with bloodshed on your hand. You don't need to burden your conscience with bloodshed. So we have to learn the consequence. If we do something foolish, who is going to hurt? God, our parent, your spouse, your wife, your husband, your children, who is going to get hurt? We must count the consequence before we do anything. Number two, the first one, watch out of temptation. Number two, God trained David to be the king of mercy. In the wilderness, God David has experienced three tests from God. First Samuel chapter Twenty-four, first, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24, God tested David to kill Saul, but David passed the test. Number two, David, through the, the advice of Abigail, he resisted to urge to seek revenge on Nabal, and Nabal kill, God killed Nabal. And number three, David spared Saul's life in the hill of Haggila. And... God was using Saul to prepare David for the work he called him to do. Number three. God rewards, uh, we learn from this one, is important. God rewards righteousness and faithfulness. What is righteousness and faithfulness? When David has passed God's three tests, and he said, God reward everyone with righteousness and faithfulness. He was righteous before God. Because God gave him many chances to kill Saul. But he passed the test. And, uh, uh, and he was faithful to God and to Saul, the Lord anointed. Even Saul wanted to kill him, but he was Faithful to Saul. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 to 4 Let love and faithfulness never leave you Bind them around your neck Write them on the tablet of your heart Then you will win favor And a good name In the sight of God and man as a member of God's kingdom, as the disciple of Jesus Christ, learn to be righteous and faithful. Now, nowadays many young men go to different churches. With this church, I like the preaching. With this church, I like the worship. With this church, I like the life group. So we are going around to different churches. That is not commitment and faithfulness. God rewards righteousness and faithfulness, and there are young men also like to apply for different job after work for one or two years, and then apply to different job, to different job, and. He said, I like this job because of the boss. I like this job because the work environment. I like that job because it's very challenging. And be careful. This is not faithfulness in God's eye. If we don't learn to be faithful and righteous before God's eye, if we enter into a marriage, we will easily fail in our marriage. So what's our temptation? God say, revenge is mine. God God wants us to learn to be merciful. Number three, God rewards righteousness and faithfulness. God bless you.